What's going on, everybody? You're listening to episode 12 of Eminem Sports Talk Podcast. I'm Mark Morales, and today we have a guest host um, filling in for Nick today. It's my uncle, Tony. How are you doing today, I'm good, Tony? Mark. How's everything? I'm doing well. Um, you ready to talk about some Yankees? I'm ready, man. I'm ready. All right, let's do this. So this episode, we're going to talk about everything Yankees. We'll do a recap of the first half. We'll go into some of the... Um, Yankees potential trade targets and then we'll finish up with some expectations for the second half so the Yankees we you know they're having a remarkable season they're first place in the American League they have the best record in the American League and have a six and a half game lead over Tampa Bay in the AL East the Yankees are 57 and 31 and Tony it's been it's been crazy how the Yankees have been able to stay afloat this year despite having 12 people on the IL at one time early on in the season. Yeah, I know. It, it's unbelievable. The, the the guys that filled in have just been, you know, spectacular. Like, if you think of Oshella, Voight, um, and, you know, uh, man, I, I completely forgot the, the guys. Oh, uh, the guy they got from the Rockies, uh, LeMayu. Yeah. Uh, DJ LeMayu? You know, I never, I never knew how good a player he was until, you know, you watch him every day and you realize how good this guy is in the field. And then – you know, when he hits, it, runners in scoring position, what's he hitting, 490 or something? Something crazy like that. So Yeah, it's definitely over way over 400. Yeah, it definitely that, – that guy was the uh, the dark horse, that the sleeper. Like, I didn't think – you know, I thought he was good, but I didn't think he was this good. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when the Yankees signed D.J. LeMahieu, the first thing I, I said was that this was a fantastic signing for the Yankees because he brings something that the Yankees really lacked, especially last season, and it was – Solid overall hitting. You know, he's not a big home run, not a big strikeout guy, although he is on record so far uh, on pace to surpass his home run career or season right. total. Um, but, you know, that's not all That's not all he brings to the table. He brings a solid batting average. Not only does he bring a good glove, but he brings a good bat too. And like you said, the most important thing is hitting with runners in scoring position, and that's something that the Yankees really, really struggled with last year. Yeah, I remember hearing something. I don't know if it was on the fan. I forgot where, but if you look – they compared the number, the the average, the batting average with runners in scoring position from last year as opposed to this year. It it's night and day how much better they are this year. Um, yeah. And you you think about it, Stanton really, he hasn't played this year, and they're still, you know, they're not the home run team, but who cares? They're in first place. They got a solid team. The thing they need to work on is the the starting pitching. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. And you know, yeah, Stanton not playing at all this year is. Definitely been one of the biggest surprises for the Yankees this year. You know, he's just been been uh, riddled by injuries. He hasn't been able to stay healthy at all. It just seems like it's one thing after the other. Um, but, yeah, so the Yankees are able to stay afloat. They have a six-and-a-half game lead over the Rays. And, you know, if they were able to close out that series, they, they finished the first half with a four-game set with the Rays. They ended up splitting. And, you know, if they were able to sweep, that would have been almost a 10-game lead heading into the second half. Yeah, I know. No, they, those games were tight, though. They – they could have easily won all four or lost all four. Those, those were the Rays. The Rays played them tough. Um, it was I liked it. It was good baseball. Like um, there were there were four really good ex- the uh, the extra inning game, and then you know they could have won all four. They could have easily won yeah. all four. They could have lost all four. But you know the Rays are tough, and you know I, I think I think the Yanks. I still feel like it's their division. They're going to win it. I think the Rays will be one of the wild cards, maybe with the Red Sox. I don't know, but we'll see. But the Rays are tough. You know, if the Yankees, if the Yankees do play the Rays in the playoffs, that'll be that'll be a tight series. It'll be tough. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And you know, it's not we we shouldn't really um, not count the Red Sox either. I know they started off horrible. Um, they had one of the worst starts that a team could have coming off a World Series win. And, you know, they've been picking it up. They're 49 and 41. They're third in the AL East. Um, I mean, they're nine games out of first, but they're right there, right behind Tampa. Tampa has 52 wins. They have 49. And like you said about the wild card, right now it's Tampa and Cleveland with Oakland being a game and a half back and Boston being two games back of the second wild card spot. So, you know, in the past 10 games, the Yankees are 7-3 and and the Rays and the Red Sox are both 6-4. and So it seems like the Red Sox, who are on a four-game winning streak, has been able to find it as of late. Yeah, no, they they have the talent. I mean, 
you know, they're not hurt either. You know, it's just been bad luck and just bad play. Yeah, I, well, I think it's funny because um, you look like they didn't they didn't want to resign. Uh, what's his name? The closer, Kimbrel. Kimble. Kimble. You know, I don't know if they're in a different position if they did sign him at this point. But um, I mean, I'm glad. I I, I hope they I hope they don't even make the playoffs. You know, <laughs> I I, yeah. I hope all the other teams beat them, but. We'll see. They're, they're still good. They they know what they have to do. I think they'll mm-hmm. they'll have a better second half than first half. And I, yeah, I agree. And I just think the Yanks have to just maintain. You know, just you know, they got a nice lead, but it's not you know insurmountable. They have to they still have to play well and win games. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it doesn't help either for the Red Sox that Mookie Betts went from hitting like three fifty to like two fifty. So I mean, that's he went from being an MVP player to a guy that looks like he uh, lost what he had last year. Right, right. Well, he's still. He, I, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's just had a little struggle for the first half. But he's he's a good baseball player. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they have a lot of good players. It's just yeah, yeah. It's just weird how they weren't able to. Uh, it seems like they have that championship hangover like the Cubs had a few years back and still have apparently. Right. Right. Um. So now let's talk about some of the biggest surprises for the New York Yankees. Um, I have a few. Uh, I'll let you go first, though. Biggest surprises for the Yankees. Um, well, I would say first that they're in first place despite, like, pretty much the whole team going on the I.L. at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gio Urshela has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Voight has been great. I, I think he's coming back from the I.L. like Monday or something like that, Boone said. So yes. that'll be good. The injury wasn't as bad as as they thought, you know. Whatever. Yeah, that that's good, for, uh, especially for the Yankees. You know, first base has been such a hole for them the past few years since Mark Teixeira has been yeah. retired. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, what's his name? You know, Bird's like, you know, you don't even think about Bird anymore. It's crazy. Yeah, the, the human, the guy that's made <laughs> out of glass. <laughs> um, who else? Urshela, Voit, Jermon has been. Uh, he's been a surprise in the sense, like how you know, good he's been, but I, I, you know, I'll, I'll take it for their word that he said, like when he was injured, that's when he started struggling again. And hopefully yeah. like he's pitching tonight, let's see what he does. Like if he can be consistent and, and, and throw, you know, six innings of like two run ball, Yankees have a good shot at winning that, that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And when he came back against that start against the Mets, I believe he only gave up one run and he looked pretty solid. Yeah. I know the Mets aren't, you know, a great team, but, Still look pretty solid. Well, the Mets are good offensively. They're just – their bullpen is what's killed them this year. Um, yeah. But let, uh, what are the surprises? Let me see. Um, I think for all the the, the crap, I think that the old guys have done better than I thought in CC and Brett Gardner. I know Gardner, his average isn't high, but he has like, what, 13 home runs and – and 40, I believe it's 15. Yeah, whatever it is. And he's been good. Like, he's had a lot of big clutch hits for them this year. Um, yeah. Because I wasn't expecting much from him. I wasn't expecting anything from CeCe. And he's actually been better than I thought he was going to be this year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had the three guys that uh, you mentioned, actually, were the three that I had. I had Gio Urshela, Domingo Herman, and CeCe. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of my reasons, well, you know, like Urshela, like, everyone came into the season expecting – Miguel and Duhart to be the everyday third baseman. You know, he had a fantastic rookie year last year. People could even say, including myself, that he got snubbed for the AL Rookie of the Year last year. He was coming off a 297 batting average, 27 home runs, and 92 RBIs. And, you know, he looked like the real deal. Him him and Glaber Torres looked like the real deal. Two young guys that were going to be on this team for a very long time. And then Duhart goes down with that shoulder surgery, that's, uh, that injury that he suffered in, like, the first one or two games. You know, he tried to come back, didn't really work out, so he ultimately ended up having the surgery. And then they inserted Gio Urshela, who everyone thought was like, all right, you know, just just play good defense. Because nobody thought that he was going to be able to hit, right. um, especially hit at the level that Induhar was. But, you know, everyone was saying, you know what, use your glove, you're a better defender. Everyone was saying that he was a better defender than, than Andujar, which I have a funny little stat for you. Um, you know, everyone was killing Andujar for his defense last year because he committed 15 errors. Correct? Right. You know, like that was the biggest thing. Right. You know, Gio Urshela, halfway through the season, he has 13 errors. So, I mean, he's on pace to surpass what Andujar had last year. And everyone was saying that Andujar couldn't defend and Gio Urshela was this great defender. I'm not taking anything away from Urshela. He's been fantastic at third base. You know, he's had um, tons and tons of web gems at third base. But it's just funny how everyone was killing 
um, and Duhart because he couldn't defend and he had 15 errors. And then here we go, Giro Rochella. We're about to start the second half of the season, and he has 13, two away from winning Duhart had for the entire season of 2018. Huh, um, yeah. But, you know, Giro Rochella, he's hitting 304. He has seven home runs and 39 RBI. So the power isn't what Duar has, but, you know, you take it. You know, you, he's hitting 304. He's doing way more than what you expected him to do coming into the season, especially when Duhar went on the IL. Um, so for Domingo Herman, like you said, he's, he's been – he looked like the Yankees' best pitcher at the beginning of the season, especially without Severino and, and Paxton. You know, he started off strong. He had that knee, that knee injury, and, and since then he hasn't really been able to find exactly what he had in the beginning of the season. Yeah, he's had, like, a couple of great starts here and there, but, you know, he's, his ERA is over four, and, and he's definitely not the Yankees' ace. And I don't think he was acquired to be the ace. But, you know, Domingo Herman, he's 10-2 and in 76 innings pitched. He has 83 strikeouts and a 3.67 ERA. And I agree with you. I think his hip flexor strain really held him back a little bit, especially the last couple of starts before he went on the IL. So I'm not overly concerned about those three starts. I Obviously, you know, when someone has an injury, especially in their hip, you know, you're constantly moving around when you're pitching. So it had to have been uncomfortable and it had to have affected them in some way. Right. And – you know, Herman's had a big improvement since 2018. He had a 5.57 ERA in 85 and two-thirds innings last year, and he's coming into this year with a, well, so far with a 3.67. You know, that's, I'm curious to see what his ERA would have looked like if he didn't suffer the injury. Right. Uh, I, I like him. I, he has good stuff. Um, and again, like, he doesn't have the pressure of, oh, he has to be the number one. I don't think this team has an, I think if you think it's the number one right now, it's probably Tanaka. I mean, yeah. And even if Severino, I don't, dude. I told you before. I don't think he's coming back this year. I don't think he's coming. He, I don't think he's throwing a pitch to the Yankees mm-hmm. this year. Um, yeah, him and Batances. Yeah, Batances too. But Severino, his stuff. He probably has the best stuff on the team. But it's just something about him. I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not high on him as high, as high as like uh, other people are. Um, but as far as Jermon, I think last year. You could see, like, he's grown from last year. Like, he's he's learned. And, Absolutely. And I think he'll, he can get better. You know, the one thing I thought that's with Severino, to go back to him for a second, he sought out Pedro Martinez, and Pedro Martinez showed him, like, the, um, the changeup. And it really helped him. I don't know if he just got tired last year at the end of the, the second half because he, he wasn't good, and, and now I don't know what it is with him. But mm-hmm. there's just something with him I, I just don't. I don't rely on him. I don't look at him as a, a big game pitcher. I, I don't know why. I just don't look at him like that. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe it could be a stamina thing because now it's been, what, two year, two straight years where he's had a dominant first half and then the second half he just falls off the face of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it, it could be a stamina thing. Maybe, you know, he, he is relatively young. So it can maybe his arm just can't hold for a full season, especially like, like you said, you know, the Yankees look at him like an ace, whether, whether people look at, whether the fans look at him as an ace or not, the Yankees look at him and rely, rely on him to be, you know, the number one pitcher, the, the ace of the staff. And as the ace of the staff, you're expected to go deep in the ball game. You're expected to give up no more than like three runs max in a ball game. And, you know, maybe just the innings that Severino is expected to pitch. Maybe he just can't do that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but you're, you're right. Your stopper is supposed to be like that guy that says to the bullpen, you guys you guys can uh, have a, a day off today and just relax, you know, and get ready exactly. for tomorrow or whatever. So, yeah. I don't know. But um, I, I think Jermon, you know, I, I like him. I, he's not a big guy, but his stuff is good. He throws really hard. So, mm-hmm. you know, as long as he, he can maintain and, and stay healthy, hopefully, you know, because the Yankees need all the pitching they can get. Exactly, yeah, and uh, Montgomery's supposed to come back too at some point. Yeah, I, was, I like Montgomery. I liked him a lot. He reminded me of Andy Pettit, like just in the way he pitched, and um, he was the same kind of like build, like tall and you know, uh, like stocky kind of in a way. I like yeah. him and lefty, so um, mm-hmm. I, I like him. I hope he can come back and and be productive for this team. Yeah, me too. Um, and then I agree with you. My last biggest surprise this year was CC Sabathia. Like what, like what you said, you know, he's five and four, 76 innings pitched. You know, he's only has 71 Ks, but he also has a 403 ERA. But, you know, he's also 38 years old. And especially in his last three starts, he's been, you know, it's been like CC of 2009 his past three starts. Right. Two of the games were against Tampa Bay. One was against Toronto. Um, the first two games, he went six strong. This, the last game against Tampa Bay on, on July 6th, he went seven innings. 
Um, and he, he gave up one run in, on the first game against Tampa, two, ga- uh, two runs against Toronto, and then in his final start, he only gave up three runs. And, you know, he's just looked like CC of old. Um, you know, as of late, he's been going into deep in the ball games, giving a few or less runs per game. And I think CC is pretty much saying, you know, I'm going to give it all I got. It's my last year. Because, uh, you know, normally CC for this majority of the year would barely get to five innings per game. Right. Um, and, you know, lately, like I said, the past three games, he's been going deep. So maybe he's just like, you know what, I'm going to give it all I got. It's my last season. If, my, if I have to pitch to my arm falls off for us to win a championship, so be it. I never have to pitch again in my life. So right. CC has been, definitely been one of the biggest surprises because in the games that he doesn't go deep into, into the ball games, for the exception of a start here or there, he's only really given up like, you know, three to four, three to four runs. But with an offense that can hit seven runs a game, you know. That's that's fine with CC. Yeah, I know he's been very good. Even that la- that last game, um, that you said against Tampa was that that was in the series, the last series before the the break, right? Um, it was July sixth. Yeah, I, I don't so remember it, what was the last game. No, I I think it was that series, that four game series, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that was that yeah. last series. Yeah, he pitched yeah. great in that game. The last pitch he threw, the second to last pitch he threw, he gave up a two run homer to I don't remember who, but I mean other than that, he pitched. He pitched great that game. The Yankees wound up losing that game, actually. In the yeah, I think that three. was the uh, – what's his face? The guy that used to catch for the Mets. He hit the walk-off. Travis Darno. Yeah, Darno hit the walk-off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he pitched great. No, I, I can't complain. He's been a lot better than, than I thought he was going to be this year. I thought, you know, all right, he'll give you three, four innings, you know, maybe five. But like you said, mm-hmm. he's been going deep into the games. And his pitch count has been good. Like, he's seven innings. He's thrown like 90 pitches, which is – yeah, which is great, you know, guys, guys hit ninety in in fourth inning, you know, and then you know they're not long for the game. So yeah, exactly. He's been economical. I, I give it to him. Yeah, and uh, hopefully the Yankees could, you know, he started his career with the Yankees with a championship. Hopefully he could end his career with the Yankees with a championship yeah, too. Definitely, yeah, that would be good. Yeah, you know. So now let's talk about some of the biggest disappointments for the Yankees this season. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, first and foremost, I'm going to have to say Giancarlo Stanton. You know, just the fact that the Yankees <laughs> traded for this guy in the offseason of, la- of two years ago now. Um, he's expected to be a big-time bat, especially this season. You know, this season, the Yankees, it, it was a not, I wouldn't say it was a make-or-break year for the Yankees, but when you go into 2017 and you're playing with house money and you're game away from the World Series and then you follow that up with a first-round bounce to your, to your rival and he didn't even really show up, you know, this season, you're, you're, you're expected to do bigger things than you did in the, in the year prior, especially when you're coming off a season when you were so close to being at a World Series. And obviously, injuries have, have affected everyone on the Yankees. But besides Greg Bird and, and I guess you could throw in Ellsbury since we haven't seen him since like 2005, um, Stan, has, <laughs> Stan has probably been one of the biggest disappointments. Just he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I think he's only played like a handful of games. And, you know, for a guy who's making so much money, and a guy who is an MVP type player, you know, it's very disappointing not seeing him out on the field, especially this season when the Yankees are so good this year. Yeah, um, I told you, man. I told you when they got him. The guy last year he didn't go on the IL, but I said, you know, he's gonna make his annual trip to the to the IL next to, to Ellsbury, and I told you, that's what mm-hmm. this is what he is. He's a home run hitter and a strikeout guy, and he gets hurt a lot. You know, I guess all those big muscles, you know tend to get beat up a lot. I don't know. I don't know what it is with him. But His swing is so violent, too. I mean, Yeah, he does swing violent. Everything's moving around. But that injury, the last one that he had was kind of weird. Like, he was trying to go to third base or whatever. Yeah, and he just smashed his knee on the ground. Yeah. It's, just, it's been so weird for him. Because what was the very first injury that he had? Was it a, a calf strain or something? No, it was something with the bicep. Um, oh, it was the bicep strain. Yeah. And then people were, were saying that it might have been torn or whatnot because the Yankees – been very the Yankees have been very sketchy when it comes to releasing injury information this year. Yeah, um, yeah, it was something with the bicep, and then didn't in his rehab game didn't he get hit by a pitch in the shoulder or something, and then that became an issue. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big Stanton guy, so I don't, I don't know to be honest with you. I, you knew, like I told you from the beginning, I wasn't like, oh wow, we're getting Stanton. I was just like, oh, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I was very excited when he came over because he was coming off that MVP year where he hit like 287, hit 59 home runs, like 100 and almost 140 RBIs. But um, you know, I, I also did say that we'll probably never see that version of Stanton again. That probably would have been the best Stanton that we've seen because I don't think he got hurt at, at all that year. And, you know, he's playing in a, in a stadium and on a team with no expectations. So it's probably just more laid back where he could be more comfortable. Right. Now, when you're on the Yankees, we saw it last year in his first season where he – 
struck out at a historic rate to start his Yankee career, especially when it was freezing cold out. He had a, a few five strikeout games in a matter of right. a week. Um, but I'm, I'm not ready to give up on Stanton. Obviously, they have him for another, what, nine, eight, right. nine years. But uh, if they don't trade him. But he's definitely been one of the biggest disappointments on this Yankees team this mm-hmm. season. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I would say him. And then I would go to uh, Paxton, who's been – he's been more, I think, bad than good. He's had a couple, like, really, like, crazy dominant starts. But for the most part, he's been up and down. Like, he'll he'll pitch good, and then he'll get rocked. And then he was on the IL. And I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know much about him because I didn't watch him in Seattle. But uh, I'm not high on him either. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I've been very, very critical of James Pax in the season. I was talking to you know a lot of friends and whatnot who are big time Yankee fans, and uh, they they always they, they always say I'm hating when I when I talk um, not badly about James Paxson, but I guess like you know he hasn't really been pitching to the to my expectations. You know, I, I when he came over, the first thing I was telling people was that he's not an ace, and this is not going to be. Um, like a Justin Verlander type of move, like what the Astros did, where he came over and was just dominant. Right. You know, James Paxson has never really been dominant in his career. He's had one very, very good year with an under three ERA. It was back in 2017 where he had a 2.98 ERA. And, you know, for the m- most part, he's been a high three ERA pitcher for the most part of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, this season, he's in 76 innings pitched. He has a 401 ERA and he's five and four with 95 strikeouts. And, you know, the big thing with him is that he does strike out a lot of people. I will give him that. I believe he has like a, uh, like he strikes out 11 guys per nine innings or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I I will give him that, that he does strike out a lot of people. And it seems like the Yankees, not only, not only do they try to acquire people who strike out a lot of hitters, but they all seem to target a lot of pitchers too that strike out a lot of people, which we'll get into in a little bit later. But with Paxton, you know, the biggest thing with him is that, He's very he, – he seems to be injury-prone. And that was one of the things I brought up when they first traded him in, in an earlier podcast. Um, he's only pitched over 140 innings one time in since 2013. And that was last year, actually, in 2018, where he pitched 160 innings. And before that, his career high was 136. So this is, guy, this is a guy that can't really stay on the field. Now, granted, Every injury that he's suffered so far in his career hasn't been to the elbow or, or to his pitching elbow or to his pitching shoulder. But, you know, still for a guy that, you know, I mean, they gave up Justice Sheffield and a, a lot of people weren't high on him. And right now he's killing it in trip in double A. And I know it's just double A or whatnot. But, you know, I, for a guy that came over and just was expected to be a 1B type of pitcher, you know, with a 401 ERA. And I know ERA is not the only stat that's important when it comes to uh, pitching. But when you're giving up four runs a game, like you put your, you put your team in a tough spot, especially when, you know, I don't care if the team could average eight runs a game when you're giving up four, especially in the first few innings, you know, it's, it's tough on your, on your offense. Yeah, no, his, uh, they had a stat, his ERA in the first inning is like crazy high. And then as the game goes on, I guess he gets stronger. So maybe that's, he needs to work on that first inning, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't be giving up four runs in that first no, inning and then expect your no. team to bail you out every time. You right. know, it's, it's. It's not right. I mean, right. I mean, I mean, it's obviously not doing it on purpose, but I mean, it, it put your offense in a tough spot. Right. No, he did it in the subway service with the Mets. He got rocked in the first inning. He really didn't pitch good at all in that game. Mm-hmm. Like every inning, they scored runs or had guys on base or whatnot. You know, I don't know, man. Like I, when I look at the pitching matchups every day, I'm like, all right, he's pitching. All right. So, you know, you know, you're going to need your bullpen at some point in the game. And, and a lot of the Yankee pitchers, like, I, you know, I think Tanaka would probably be the one that, I have the most confidence in, and and he's even, you know, if he could be hot and cold too. Yeah. So I, I don't know. The pitching, I mean, they're in first place, so I guess everyone's pitching isn't as great as you think it is. But, you know, if, you, if you're if you the Yankees and you got to face, like, the Astros uh, in a seven-game series again, you know, you're going to see Justin Verlander twice. You're going to see Garrett Cole, Cole twice, you know, yeah. like, it's going to be tough, you know. Even if you look at the Red Sox, you have to face – I mean, I know he hasn't had a great season, but, I mean, Chris Sale is still Chris Sale. And if you end up right. playing them, you know, that's going to be tough too. And oh, yeah, of course. If you end up playing the Rays, which you might be, you know, you're going up against the Cy Young winner last year. Now, granted, again, I know he's not having a, a fantastic season like he had last year, but, you know, Snell is still a Cy Young caliber p- pitcher. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't really have a lot of faith in this Yankees pitching staff. Regardless if Severino comes back or not, 
even if he does come back, I'm not going to have full faith because, you know, it would be a small sample size of what we would see by the time the playoffs roll around. But, you know, I, I, as of right now, I, and I know they're going to make a move because that will be the, the stupidest thing in the world if they don't make a pitching move. But r- right now, I really don't have any faith in the starting staff heading into the postseason. And that's, you know, for a team that is right there, they're like literally on the cusp of winning a championship. And they have been the past few years. You know, Cashman's one thing is that he just can't seem to get good starting pitching. And that's like, I, I really hope that doesn't become the one thing. You know, looking back, say say four or five years go by, and this generation of Yankees get a little bit older and and, and they don't win a championship. I really hope we're not looking back thinking, wow, you know, they were, they were one elite pitcher away from being a, a, m- maybe multiple championship team. You know, they, they whiffed on Garrett Cole. They whiffed on Justin Verlander. And, you know, they had a higher waiver claim than the Astros when Justin Verlander came around. And, and you know, I don't know why they wouldn't just claim him just so the Astros don't get him. Now, I know he didn't have a great year, at half year that year, before he went to Houston. But, I mean, why would you let Houston pick him up? He's a Hall of Fame pitcher. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the one knock on Cashman, although he has been fantastic offensively, he just seems like he can't get it right when it comes to starting pitching. And look at Sonny Gray. You know, he struggled in New York. He was fantastic in Oakland. He struggled in New York. They trade him away, and in his first year, he's an all-star again. Yeah, I, well, I, they had to get rid of him. He wasn't he wasn't built for, for the stadium. Um, he's yeah, with I the agree. Reds. So, you know, I, I, I said it. They trade him to, like, a mid-market Midwest team. He's going to be good. And yeah, that's you what, did call you know, that. Yeah, so, but, um, no, I, I agree. I, you know, it's funny because you look at the pitchers who, who's really available, like, for them to get. Like, you're not getting Scherzer because the Nationals are they, – they're still there. They're in the wild card, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a know. few pitchers on my list that they could target. Um, but real quick, before we get into that, I did want to say I have one more guy who's been a biggest disappointment for me this year, and that's J.A. Happ. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Happ, you know, he, he was 5-0 and with the Yankees last year, had a phenomenal Yankee ERA in the, in the few starts that he had, but then got bombed by the Red Sox in his only yeah. postseason start with the Yankees. Yep. And then going into that offseason, I, I was high on Hap. I did think that the Yankees should re-sign him, but I didn't. I, I wasn't a, a big fan of the two-year deal that they did sign him for. I, I was only willing to go for maybe like a one-year deal, but they have him for this year and all of next season too. And he's definitely not the half of 2018. He's seven and four, and records could be could look all cool and everything, and, and it could look like he's a great pitcher, but when you have an offense the way the Yankees do, he does get bailed out uh, uh, quite a quite a lot, but he's seven and four with an eighty nine point two thirds innings pitched. He is a five oh two ERA and he's given up twenty home runs so far. And I believe Justin Verlander has the lead with uh, twenty five. So I mean, Hap has not been a great great move so far for the Yankees, and that's just another tick on Cashman <laughs> of how he just can't seem to get starting pitching right. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, he's in he's another one when he when I see he's pitching, I'm like, all right, <laughs> you know, what are we gonna get here, you know? Five innings, yeah. five runs, six innings, four runs. You know, like, what are we getting from him? I yeah. agree. I don't know. Um, I guess the Yankees, they usually like the left-handed pitchers because the, the lefties are better for Yankees. They're better built for Yankee Stadium. Uh, you know, you're going to be facing mostly right-handed hitters, and then left field is pretty deep for Yankee Stadium. I, I don't know. But, yeah, Hap hasn't been, you know, he's been, eh, you know, but yeah, you can say I, that about all perfect the, way to put it for the most part. Mm-hmm. The they must have the oldest pitching staff, too. I didn't even realize half is 36, CC's 38. It's just like it seems like they're just using band aids to put this put this rotation together. And I, you know, I get it. They have had a phenomenal second half of the season with the Yankees last year, but signing a at the time a 35 year old to a two year deal when he really, you know, for a career, he hasn't really been elite. I would say, I, I don't know, it just seemed a little. A little sketchy to me to sign to two years, I, and and so far it's not been great. Right. Well, hopefully they, they could develop some pit. That's I guess the best way to do it is to develop guys, you know, and get young starting pitching that's that's dominant. Because um, mm-hmm. if you get it in the in the off, you know, in the free agent market, you're going to pay like t- look at freaking this guy that I got from you know the Nationals. He got a lot of money because he had one good year, like basically. Yeah, Patrick yeah, Corbin. He had one good year and he got yeah. paid. I mean, he's still, you know. He would have been good here. I, he's doing good with the with the Nationals, but yeah, and I actually wanted yeah, the Yankees to get yeah. him too, but they not. They got outbid. They didn't want to give him the money. They yeah, got outbid by a lot. Yeah. Um. So no, since we're on the starting pitching topic, now let's go into the Yankees 
potential trade targets. Because it's safe to say that the Yankees' biggest weakness is their starting pitching. Their bullpen's great. Their offense is great. Their defense is is above average. It's it's very very good. Um, but their starting pitching is has been the biggest biggest issue so far for the past few years now for the Yankees. Um. So I'm just going to throw out a few potential trade targets. Obviously, like you said a little bit, a little while ago, Scherzer would have been phenomenal. I would have given him, I would have given the Nationals an arm and a leg to get Scherzer mm-hmm. here. I know he's owed a lot of money, but with the, the Nationals, I believe they're, they're pro- I think they're a few games out of the wild card, out of the wild card spot. So they're clearly not going to, not going to give him up anytime soon, especially the fact that they're competing and, and doing, I believe they're doing a little bit better than uh, Bryce Harper and the Phillies. All right. Yeah, the Nationals are in second place and are a half game above the Phillies right, right. now. Um, so they're clearly not going to get rid of Scherzer anytime soon. So some other potential targets. We have uh, Madison Bumgarner, Trevor Bauer, Zach Wheeler, Matt Boyd, and Marcus Stroman. I, I truly believe that those five guys are, are pretty much the only five realistic options. But unfortunately, this season, there is no Justin Verlander-type pitcher available on the market. So the Yankees are really going to have to settle here for for – you know, B and C level guys. Yeah, no, I, I, I know there's not a lot to, out there. Um, and I, I said it, I would still go from Bumgarner. Um, I mean, I wouldn't give up the moon for him, but I, he would be my top target. Um, I'm not high on Stroman. Uh, Bauer, I think Bauer would be solid. Um, he's a little crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think he would be good here. Um, I don't think the pressure would care about it. Uh, yeah. Who else did you say? The guy on the Zach Wheeler, Matt Boyd yeah. from the Tigers, and then uh, Stroll. Well, you mentioned Stroman, yeah. but no, Zach Wheeler, I'm not high on at all. The, I heard the Yankees yeah, are high on him, though. But yeah, which boggles my mind. Which the Mets will, will never give him up, but like especially to the Yankees, I mean. But um, no, I agree. I think the top two targets should be either Bumgarner or Trevor Bauer. I, I'm not really high on any of these pitchers, to be quite honest with you. Right. But if I had to pick one right now, I would only go for Bumgarner over Bauer because of Bumgarner's experience and, you know, maybe a change of scenery. Maybe it'll, it'll, bring, that, it'll bring that competitive juice back to him. And maybe the 403 ERA isn't really showing, you know, his full potential this season because of the fact the Giants are so bad. Maybe he just, he's just not that competitive anymore right now because maybe, maybe just the, the way that the Giants are in the state, they're in a rebuild. Right. Um, but Bumgarner has a 403 ERA and 111.2 innings pitched. He has 115 strikeouts and a 1.200 whip. Um, Trevor Bauer, a 361 ERA, 132 innings pitched, 149 Ks and a 1.174 whip. Um, Wheeler is a 469 ERA, 119 innings pitched, 130 Ks and a 1.277 whip. Boyd is 387, 107 innings pitched, 142 Ks and a 1.121 whip. And finally, Stroman. He's a 318 ERA, 104.2 innings pitched, 81 Ks and a 1.261 uh, whip. And, you know, the, the common factor here, for the exception of Stroman, with, with all these pitchers, for the most part, is that they strike out people at a high rate. Right. And like I mentioned earlier in the in the podcast, I feel like the Yankees target guys who do strike out a, quite a lot of players, like Paxson, for example. Um, but you know, like I said, if it comes down to to one guy, I'm leaning more towards Bumgarner because he's a lefty, um, and the fact that he has that postseason experience, he'll definitely be able to handle the pressure of New York. Um, you know, people might say like, well, he gives up a lot of hits. He's playing in a, he, he pitches in a pitcher friendly ballpark and he'll be coming to a smaller stadium in New York. Um, no, I think it's really going to come down to either Bumgarner or Trevor Bauer. And I think the, the, the more likely option would probably be Trevor Bauer. I mean, you can't, you can't discount Matt Boyd either. I mean, his ERA is a little up there, three, eight, seven. It's a little bit higher than Bauer, who was a three, six, one, but you know, between Bauer and Boyd, you know, Boyd's pitching for the Tigers. And, you know, if I had a pick between Bowers and, and or Boyd, I would probably inch more towards Trevor Bauer just because he's, you know, he has more of, I feel like he's more, he has that competitiveness to him. He, he, like you said, he is a little crazy, but I feel like that that is a result of him just being super competitive. And, he, and he's played in big time games already. You know, Boyd, how many big time games has he really played in? All right. No, I agree. Um, Again, I, I would go after Bumgarner because of, you know, the, the postseason pedigree. That doesn't mean that yeah. he's going to be that guy in, you know, 
for the Yankees in the postseason, he'd go out there and get smoked. You know, you don't know, but you know, he basically carried the Giants to those World Championships. Um, yeah. And what he did against the Royals was it was incredible what he did. Like I, I couldn't believe what I was watching when I saw him pitch. Yeah, he was starting games, closing games. He did everything. It was insane. Yeah, yeah he was he was a he was a robot. Um, yeah. The thing, if if you get Bumgarner, you have to think about two things: what would the Yankees give up, and what would they have to give Bumgarner to get him to waive his no trade because the Yankees are on his no trade. And which, if you look at it from his point of view, is a smart thing because now he's like, all right, you're on my no trade. You want me to come here. You want me to help you win a World Series. What are you going to give me? Like, how many years are you going to give me? How much money are you going to give me? So, mm-hmm. Is he a free agent after this year? Yeah. But he had, oh, he so put, smart. He put the Yankees on his no trade clause because he probably, if he knew, like, all right, they're in it. Like, all the teams that are in the independent races, he put yeah. all of those teams. The Red Sox. That's very the, smart. The, huh? Uh, so that's very smart of him. I didn't realize yeah. that he was going to be a free agent after this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a free agent. So he, he maybe he's going to say, all right, give me, you know, two years, you know, 40 million. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to ask for. I, yeah. I don't know. You know, it depends. I mean, he is 29 years old. He's not an old guy, but he has a lot of mileage on that arm. If you look yep. at like all that postseason, um, you know, he's thrown a lot of innings in the postseason because, I mean, he was in the World Series. He did everything. You know, like he he closed out game seven, but he pitched like he came in in like the fifth inning and finished the game. So yeah, you know he's got a lot of mileage on that arm. That's the that's the thing with him. So yeah, and in his career, him. according to Baseball Reference, I don't know if this includes postseasons, um, but right now for his career, let's just say this counts as regular season. He's pitched uh, one thousand seven hundred and fifty innings pitched so far in his career, and I, again, I don't know if that includes. Um, postseason, but I mean that is a lot of mileage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like Wheeler, Wheeler has good stuff. He throws hard. I don't, I don't know what it is and why he has like a five ERA. Um, maybe it could be just you know maybe he's just on the Mets. Maybe just same same thing like with Bumgarner. The Mets are not in a position to to win. Maybe he just doesn't have that competitive no, but competitive he's factor. He's a free agent though this year. At the end of the year, you would think you would be pitching your your heart out. You want to get that hundred and fifty million dollar contract, you know? Unless, I'm, yeah, you know, I I don't know, um, but I'm sure that they're, you know, I've heard a lot on the radio, like you know, say the Yankees are interested in him. They they say, oh, you know what, we could fix this. We can have him do this. We, we can make him, you know, that's what the Astros did with Verlander. They saw something, and you know, to his credit, he was willing to listen. He, he could have been like, dude, I'm a, I'm a veteran. I know what I'm doing, but he yeah. he was willing to change and learn. And it benefited, and it benefited him because he got a three-year, or what do you get, two years, sixty-something million dollars extension with them. So, yeah, you know. But it seems like the Astros. It seems like they're the pitching gurus over there because every single time they get a guy, you know, even like Charlie was Charlie Morton on that team a few years ago. Yep. Yeah, even like someone like him who who goes over and becomes really good again, and like Garrett Cole, he goes there and becomes amazing. Yeah. So, and maybe it's just their coaching staff and. You know, maybe the Yankees just don't have that type of pitching. You know, they don't have that pitching guru in Larry Rothschild. Maybe he just isn't connecting with these guys for some reason because, like, pitching hasn't been great. Yeah, I don't know. You might be right. But uh, I, I don't know. They're going to have to get somebody. Yeah. Um, And you just hope it's the right one that, and they don't give up a lot to get somebody who's not – you know, like Marcus Stroman, like, I understand he's under control for, like, maybe another year or two like that, but – I mean, I don't know. I look yeah. at him and I'm like, uh, eh. you know, like whatever. Yeah. I, I and like, go ahead. For me, like, I'm not willing to give up these top tier level prospects who are highly valued around the league for C or B level guys. Now, I'm not saying Bumgarner or Trevor Bauer or Boyd or, or C level guys, but they're not an A plus level right now. You know, Bumgarner. If you're saying back in in like 20 in like the early 2010s, yeah, Bumgarner would be an A plus level guy, like how Scherzer is right now. But, you know, I'm not willing to give up my entire farm system for for Bumgarner or for Trevor Bauer or Zach Wheeler or Boyd or Stroman. You know, I, I'm willing to give up my entire farm for Max Scherzer, 100%. But, you know, it, it really comes down to to what they would have to give up for these guys. And, you know, obviously they're going to get one of these guys. It's, it's, it's very obvious the Yankees are going to get one of them. I just really hope that the Yankees don't give an arm and a leg for someone who's not going to be 
a Justin Verlander or a Max Scherzer. That's that's just my only thing because if these if these prospects are highly valued, why are you going to waste them in a trade in a trade when you're when you're not getting a Scherzer back? You know what I mean? Right. No. Well, again, but like like you said, you look at those five names that you threw out there. Like, does anyone really make you like, wow? You know? No. Yeah. No. They, they don't for me. I know, but that's the thing though. There, there's nobody really out there who's not available that you say like mm-hmm. this guy is going to put us over the top we're going to like if, if the Yankees got Scherzer tomorrow you would think oh dude we're done we're, we're in we're going to win yeah, we're exactly. going to win the World Series for a few years and nobody else says that though like even Bumgarner you, you know and I like him like I, if the Yankees got him I'd be happy but I wouldn't be like alright it's a lock now that we win the World Series it'll be mm-hmm. a, it would be more of a lock if he can dominate the way he has in the postseason then we have a really, really good chance at, at doing it because you could pair him up against Verlander, let them pitch, you know, eight innings, and then go mm-hmm. to the bullpens, and then I trust our bullpen against anybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So if you had to pick one guy from those five right now that you that you think the Yankees are going to get, who's your one guy? You don't have to say who they give up. Just one guy who you think that they would uh, acquire. If I'm Cashman, my target would be Bumgarner. Yeah, you know, and and I have to agree. Um, just especially what you were just saying before with, you know, matching up with Verlander, matching up with, let's just say, Chris Sale or, or whatnot, matching up with the number one guy that you'll be going up against. You know, I could 100% see him going back to his old self. Maybe he's not going to pitch a .25 World Series ERA like he has in three World Series with a .25 ERA in 36 innings. I'm not expecting that. But um, <laughs> His you know, ERA I, was .25? It's .25 in three World Series in the postseason. That's insane. That's better. But, that's like... He's better than Mariano. That's like yeah. insane. And what's interesting though is that in four NLDSs and in three NLCSs, he is a four four three and a four fifteen ERA. So it's just really? funny how, yeah, it's just funny how he like turned it up in the in the World Series. Right. But um, you know, I could I could really see Bumgarner just pick, like picking it up to another level again, and you know, having that one last hurrah, I guess you could say, um, especially if the Yankees don't offer him an extension or whatnot, but, you know, the, the, regardless if they do or they don't, this will be the last team that he could be on to win World Series. So maybe that just turns it up another notch. And, you know, with Bauer too, you know, I, you know, he is a, he is a very, very good pitcher. He's not an elite pitcher in my opinion. And he's had, you know, history, you know, this is like, <clears throat> he has a three, six, one ERA. He's only had one season besides this year with an under four ERA. And that was last year with a two, two, one. And every season prior, it was an above four, above five and above six ERA. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's really only had one fantastic, fantastic season. So I agree with you. If I had to pick one guy right now that I think the Yankees should get, it would be Madison Bumgarner. What what did you say his ERA was in the world series again? 0.25. How many innings? 36. That's incredible. That is crazy. And his whip is point five two eight. Oh my god, that's like yeah, dude. That's that's better than Mariano. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. He's four zero. Um, he had five games. He started four of them. Complete game one time. Um, shut out once, and he had a save, which is that, <laughs> yeah, that game, game seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah. He had fourteen hits, one run, one earned run, one home run, five walks, and thirty one strikeouts. Wow. Well, he uh, I remember he, in that game seven, he gave up a, a hit, and I think one of the Royals they got thrown out at home. I was like, wow, because I was rooting for the Royals in that World Series, mm-hmm. and I was pissed. I was like, damn, this guy's coming in the fifth inning, yeah. and um, I forgot it was late in the game. It was probably like in the eighth inning too, and the Giants were like clinging to a you know a small lead, and I'm like, all right, they're gonna get to him, and then the guy got freaking. I forgot what happened, but I know he got thrown out. I think at home. I saw. All, I don't remember, but all I know is that the Royals ran themselves out of that inning, and then that was it. And then he was like, "All right," but he just put the hammer down after that. Yeah. And uh, you know, one more thing before we move on, but you know, with Trevor Bauer, his postseason ERAs haven't been great. You know, I'm just starting to look into this now. In 2016, he had a 5.79 ERA in the postseason. In 2016, he had a 5.40 ERA, which that was in the World Series. Um, in 2017, there was there's nothing there for him on, on pro. Uh, I mean, he has a zero ERA, but he only pitched in two games, 8.1 innings pitched. And in 2018, last year against Houston, he had a 6.75 ERA. So, mm-hmm. 
I don't know, man. I, I'm not really high on him, especially, you know, these postseason numbers. But you know, we both agree with Bumgarner. He had a fantastic career with San Francisco back in the early 2010s, especially in the World Series. We were just talking about how, how phenomenal he was. Uh-huh. You know, n- now let's close it out with our second-half expectations. Um, for me, I, I think they have to win the AL East. I think it's time. They have to win the AL East. And I'm expecting them to, to make it to the World Series and, and potentially win the World Series. Now, it would be interesting to see if they face the Dodgers, who would be in the World Series for three straight years. Um, but I'm expecting them to win the AL East. I'm expecting them to, to at least make it close, if not make it to the World Series. Um, I, I think DJ LeMahieu continues to rake. He continues to be an MVP caliber. Um, he continues his MVP caliber season. Um, I'm expecting the Yankees to make a big-time pitching move, regardless who it is. And, and you know, I'm just expecting this, this – uh, offense to stay hot and continue to rake and continue to put up runs and hopefully their pitching is just able to flip the switch and and maybe we get Severino back maybe we don't but regardless uh, hopefully this pitching could just uh take it up turn it up another notch but I have the I I think the Yankees should are going to win the AL East and like I said either make it really close or make it to the World Series yeah I would agree with that um you got to win the division especially now you got a six and a half game lead on your closest uh competitor um The offense, I think, is going to be there. I mean, the offense is just crazy. The you know, and the bullpen yeah. is really good. It's going to come down to the starting pitching. See how well you know how they hold up. Um, you know, you hope CC can continue for like another you know three or four months. I agree. I think they got to get to the World Series, not you know get to the ALCS and they get bounced out again by like whoever you know. Yeah. Um, they got to get to the World Series. They have to win the World Series. I I think this year. If they go to – and if they play the freaking Dodgers, forget it, and they lose, it's not going to be good. They yeah, gotta, especially if their pitching doesn't hold up. They're starting pitching. Yeah, and especially because the Dodgers. So Yeah, I mean, Ryu's having a Cy Young caliber right. season. They still have Kershaw. They still have uh, uh, Bueller. So, I mean, their starting pitching by far is ten times better than the Yankees right now. I agree. Yeah, I like Bueller. He's good. He's, he's a good pitcher. Um, but I think – I agree. I think they have to get to the World Series, and I think they have to win. I hope it's against the Cubs. I, you know, I don't care for the Dodgers, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. They could be playing the freaking, you know, the Reds. I don't care, you know, as long as they, they win, you know. Yeah. Um, I agree, man. They have to they have to win the division, first of all, not have to play that stupid wild card game anymore, and then yep. just wait and then see what seed they are. Because if they're num- the number one seed, they'll play the wild, the wild card winner. If they're mm-hmm. the number two seed, they'll play the number uh, the number. Uh, four seed, right? Or is it? I three. mean, they would play number three seed. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, see how it goes. But yeah, I, I agree. They got to win the World Series this year. I think overall, I, they have to be either the number one or number two team in the American League. Yeah, um, I agree. I would say the, the reason that they would be the number one team is because of their bullpen and offense. I would say that number two is because their lack of starting pitching. Yeah, no, still I agree with that. And the one thing that, we, that we're both forgetting to mention is that they have to stay healthy the yeah. second half of the season. They must stay healthy, and that's been a big issue for them. So, right. I mean, they suffered a lot of injuries. They had 12 guys on the IL at one point to start the season. They cannot start having this injury-riddled season um, for the second half of the season. And it's, you know, it's pretty funny how the injury bug not only has it hit the players – but it's hit the broadcast booth as well. You know, uh, <laughs> Michael K. Yeah, Michael K. is out with vocal cord surgery. John Sterling um, got sick. He missed the first game in 30 years. So, yeah. I mean, I know that's not an injury, but I mean, it's, it's just it's just crazy how this injury bug has made its way up to the bo- to the broadcast booth as well. Yeah, I know. No, I'm, but to be fair, like they they got through it. I mean, they did. You know, they made it work. So they just got to keep doing it. You know. Um, even that that guy, what's his name, Cortez has been he's been really good. Yeah, Nestor Cortez. I mean, he's been like, you know, he's come out. He's done like that opener thing, like Chad Green will pitch one inning or two innings, and then he'll go and get the the meat of the of the game in, and then hand it over to the bullpen. You know, yep. they're seven and zero with the bull with the starter or whatever the opener. So, I mean, it's worked for them. You know, I don't, I don't know. I wonder if. If they don't, if they get another guy, but if they still do that opener, that would be interesting if they did that. Yeah, I mean, and I like, can't see them doing that in the postseason, but maybe like during the, the second half of the regular season. Well, I wonder if they would do it in the postseason. That would be interesting. Oh, I can't see that. I, I, that that's too risky for me. If they have to do that, 
in the postseason, they're not winning a championship. I'm sorry. But, if they're I, doing the but the, they've won all those games that they've, they've done. Yeah, the but I, I just feel like the postseason is a different animal, and Cortez isn't proven. Isn't he like – I don't know I don't know if he's a rookie or not, but, uh, I mean, how many big games has he played? Not, and when they when they do the openers, they're they're not against, you know, like – I mean, I, I mean, I don't remember exactly every single game that they played, but when you're if you're doing that in the postseason, you're going up against their best, the the MLB's best. So, I, I'm if they if they have to do the openers, I'm not going to be that confident on a World Series this year. I know they've won every single game that they've done the opener, but you know it's a different animal when when your offense is playing pitching. I mean, when your offense is hitting against you know third or fourth level starters when you're doing the openers, as opposed to doing that in the postseason when you're going up against Verlander, Cole. Um, Chris Sale, Bueller, Ryu, Kershaw. You know, it's a different animal when, when your offense has to hit against elite pitching as opposed to hitting against, you know, slop. Right. I got you. I understand. All right. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, I, I think that regardless if they get another pitch or not, they're definitely going to use the openers because they're going to want to keep CeCe fresh. You know, he's not going to start every single game if he's healthy the second half of the season. Same thing with half. I think they might – They'll, maybe they'll skip a start or two here or there. Maybe Tanaka, because, you know, Tanaka has been better with six games, with six uh, days rest, as opposed to five days rest. Uh-huh. And, I mean, that's how he did it in Japan. And so far in his Yankee career, right. he's always pitched better on six days rest. So maybe they'll do something like that for him. But uh, I think they'll definitely still use the openers. But, and I, again, I just I cannot see them doing that in the postseason. But we'll see. Um, yeah. We both oh. agree that they should they should win the AL East. We both agree that they should make it to the World Series and, and win the World Series. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the second half of the year. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's, it's going to be good. It was funny, like, not watching any baseball this week. I was like, all right. You know, it's like, what do you yeah, do exactly. You know, It's like, it like nothing going on this week. Nah, yeah, this is like one of the deadest yep. weeks in sports. Nothing but, really uh, going on. Thank you for coming on and guest hosting for Nick. And, you know, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I had a good time. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Hopefully it. we can get you back on maybe around, like, the postseason time or maybe towards, like, the end of the season or, or whatnot. But uh, we'll definitely have you back yes. on. If they, yeah, if they, you know, if they clinch, like, a, you know, the East, then we should do, like, a little playoff. Pre- well, once they all this, the yeah, season absolutely. set, we should, do, uh, we should do a little preview yeah, and see what happens. But uh, this has been episode 12 of Eminem Sports Talk Podcast. Let's go Yankees, everybody. Let's go Yanks.